Good morning, and God's peace to you. My name is Dean Kersley, reader from St. Stephen's Welly in the North East Hub. Today's theme is Persevering Under Trial, and our reading is taken from James chapter 1, verses 12 to 15. And because it's a short reading, I'm going to read it from both the NIV and the Message versions. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. And then, after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Anyone who meets the testing challenge head on and manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate. For such persons, loyally in love with God, the reward is life and more life. Don't let anyone under pressure to give in to evil say, God is trying to trip me up. God is impervious to evil and puts evil in no one's way. The temptation to give in to evil comes from us and only us. We have no one to blame but the leering, seducing flare-up of our own lust. Lust gets pregnant and has a baby. Sin. And sin grows up to adulthood and becomes a real killer. And so, have you ever heard the birds in your garden immediately after a huge storm? Are you there, Billy? Can you hear me, Nelly? I'm over here, Bob. It's as though they are looking out for each other immediately after that storm. And once everyone is accounted for, they can continue their day in relative peace. Not to mention the devouring the fat balls you've left out for them. Our reading today is taken from the Epistle of James, whose audience was that of the new Jewish believers, scattered among the nations. It was written to encourage them to endure and live bold Christian lives, to be doers of the word, as we're told in verse 22, and to be familiar with Christ's teaching. The book itself is a bit like the new book of Proverbs from the New Testament. The purpose is set out right from the start in verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Trials may come in many forms, even for a non-Christian. A school teacher may set an assessment test to knowledge of understanding, which implies that the learner must set aside time to reflect on what they know and are ready for. The teacher and the learner are both then accountable for their growth. Do we recollect situations like this? Does this happen within our faith? Let's explore. As a young school teacher, I was fortunate enough to train Wigan schoolboys in the 14s football team. Each year we would set trials for 30 or so lads to find the best for our squad. And after 12 months, we would reassess them, release the ones who weren't cutting it, and seek new ones who had developed later. The impact for some was tremendous. For example, Greg Strong, 
not only played for England schoolboys, recollecting playing and going on to play for that local team called Bolton Wanderers. But for many, they appreciated the opportunity to learn at a higher playing field. Pardon the pun. Today's trials are likely to be seen as tsunamis, climate change, or even the COVID pandemic. Most recently, for us as a family, we lost my father-in-law Jim to a brain tumour. The doctors gave him 12 to 14 months from the night of his first seizure. And you can imagine the trial we've had over the past 18 months, from lifting him up so that he was comfortable and led, to tidying his garden so that the birds were happy, from finding the best equipment to make his movement about the house accessible, to making his final days memorable. And in all of this, Jim never stopped preaching. He never missed an opportunity to share his testimony to any nurse or doctor he happened to come across within his trial. And so, how do we feel when we are under trial, or even tempted? I'm sure we don't feel blessed at the time. More like, when will all this be over? Where is our hope? Where do we turn to? To endure is to continue to turn to God as our only source of life. It is to count on him to give his presence and his peace of mind in the midst of whatever we are enduring. And it is to live as if he is the working his will and redeeming will through the current suffering. It is to wait on him to give us wisdom and light when all we seem to have to offer him is our darkness. Yes, there is an end point, not to endure the current state of chaos, but for the promised resolution. During trials, we can often doubt our God. James calls it double-minded in verses 7 and 8. But God does not tempt us. We may even doubt God's word and take matters into our own hands, look for meaning and purpose in other sources. No, his purpose in allowing us to walk through trials in this broken world is to receive more grace from him and become the true children of God he wants us to be. God has no relationships with evil. There is no dark side to God. He himself tempts no one. Whatever we are going through, trial or endurance, God is not tempting. He is simply watching out for us and ready to catch us if we fall. So what of temptation? Where does it come from? We are lured and enticed by our own thoughts and desires. Some may be quick fixes to be secure and well-liked, but being well-liked may fall further to deception of others and the desire for security may fall further to ill-advised moves financially. And James points out that temptation also has an end point. Desire, when it is conceived or pregnant, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. To me, sin is like a weed. We need to get to the root of the problem. And as it says in Romans 3, 23, we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Fortunately for us, God can forgive us through what his son did for us by dying on a cross, taking all our sin away. And as we allow him through his Holy Spirit to get further into our lives, to soak up his love for us, we too can have everlasting life. This passage shows us that no one and no other way can give us our identity or our lives. Only God can. Amen.
Shall we pray? Lord, use our suffering and faith to make us stronger and allow us to grow. Guide our thoughts and help us to find true wisdom through you. Make our relationship stronger, that with you, those with family and friends, and that with ourselves, don't let the novelty of knowing you wear off. May we find that the truth of your grace is indistinguishable and makes everyone the same. That we don't judge others, particularly to make ourselves better. Loving Lord, be with us now more than ever, as we too persevere through any trial. Amen.